This is Daryl Wood, host of Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show on Faith Talk 1500. First, let me say this show is your show. That's why no matter what I discuss or which guests I interview, your input is valued. If it's in the news, on TV, or at the movies, whether political, social, economic, or whatever, at some point I'm talking about it on Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show, Monday through Thursday from 4 to 6 p.m. on Faith Talk 1500. Real life. Real life. Real life. Real life. Real life. Hey, wait a minute. What's the name of your church? Real life Christian church. Real life. Get real with another edition of Think About It. Real life messages from Pastor Dennis Rasper from Real Life Christian Church. And now, let's listen to the message from Pastor Rasper. Today, let's let's talk about war today. And not the war against the Taliban, but the war against the flesh. The Holy Spirit against the flesh. In every believer, the Holy Spirit dwells. At the moment you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit made you his temple or made you his dwelling place. And the Lord wants us to know that. And that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God, meaning the Father? And you are not your own. You were bought with the price. Therefore, glorify God with your body so you know the Spirit of God lives in you. Now, here's how you know the Spirit of God dwells in you. When you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior... You crossed a line from death, certain eternal death, to life. And from that moment on, you changed. From that moment of salvation, you may say, on, something in you wants to do God's will. Something in you says, this is sin, so don't do it. Something in you desires to please God. Something in you desires to pray. Something in you desires to know God. So you study God's word, you go to church, you get involved in Bible studies, and so on. Something in you wants true Christian relationships because you don't have a lot in common with your old life, something in you gives you a peace in the most difficult, stressful times of your life, and that something is the Holy Spirit. That's how you know he's in you. You take time to study the Bible, and you take time for the Word of God, and you read something in that Word of God, and you think, man, I never understood this until now, until right now. Now I get it, a new revelation. That's called enlightenment, and that is the Holy Spirit. He enlightens you, man. He takes that Word of God and makes it jump right off the page and say, I never got this. Now I got this, man. Isn't that great? See, all, all these things I've said, that's just hard evidence that the Holy Spirit dwells in you. And so the Spirit dwells in you, and the Spirit wars against the flesh. So now you've got to ask, what's the flesh? And we see where the flesh originated. In Genesis chapter 3, where Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit, and the flesh, or what the NIV Bible calls the sinful nature, is everything in you that's opposed to the purpose of God. That's the best way I can define the flesh. It's everything in you that's opposed to the purpose of God. Your flesh or your sinful nature seeks to please yourself and not God. The war within. Here it is, Galatians 5, and this is verse 16. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. That's your flesh. For the sinful nature of the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit Spirit desires what is contrary to the sinful nature. Now listen, they are in conflict with each other, 
so that you don't do what you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law, see? That's the conflict that we go through all the time, the Holy Spirit against the flesh. We've got this tug of war going on inside of us. We desire to please God, and then we've got this other force, our fallen nature, that says, please yourself. And that war goes on every day in all of us. You know, folks, I can't write your story here. You've got to write the sermon here. You've got to write this part of it. And think about the sins you're struggling with and the battle that goes inside you and what you're dealing with. And so the first point in this, how to overcome the flesh, it begins in your mind. It's all how you think. You've got to tell yourself, I can beat this thing. And you tell yourself, not in my own strength, but in the Holy Spirit, but by the Holy Spirit that's in me. You've got to talk to yourself like that. Listen, I do this all the time. You got to tell yourself, I can really conquer this in his strength. You got to think like this. He is God. He's not just some, I don't know, ethereal thing floating around. The Holy Spirit is all of God. I mean, you got to think like that. And he's in you in Acts chapter 5, a guy named Ananias. And his wife Sapphira lied to the apostles about how much money they gave to the church. And Peter says in Acts 5, 3, he says, Ananias, you have lied to the Holy Spirit. Then in Acts 5, 5, he says, you have lied to God. See that equation, the Holy Spirit is God. You've got to think like that. He is uncreated. No beginning, no end. That'll blow you away. He has all power. He knows everything, just like the Father, just like the Son. He's merciful. He has perfect love for you. He's sovereign. He's just. He's holy. And he is God, and he lives in you. Why, you know, why don't we think like that? Man, if we would think like that, I'll tell you, we'd knock over blockades that devil's throwing our path. The Spirit of God sanctifies us. And to sanctify us means he sets us apart from the rest of the world. And more and more and more and more and more and more and more, he makes us like the Son of God himself, Jesus Christ. Now, we'll never be without sin until we get to heaven, but we can, because of the Spirit in us, become more like Jesus Christ all the time. You can do that. You got to say that. I can do this. Look who dwells in me. Proverbs 23, 7. As a man thinks within himself, so he is. It's wisdom from God. If you think I can't beat this thing, you won't. If you think all of God, God himself lives in me, this can happen, you will overcome by God's grace. Folks, it's how you think. It's all discipline. And when you face something that's plaguing you, a sin you're dealing with, the change you need to make of any kind, a goal you want to achieve, God himself is in me. I can overcome. I can do this. It begins up here. 2 Peter 1.3. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. That means Jesus Christ called you through your knowledge of him, knowing him. If you know Jesus Christ, you, you don't say, I can't win this battle. What did that passage just say? I mean, what did God just say? I didn't say this. He just said, you have everything in you that you need for life and godliness. You can do this. You can overcome this. You can say no to this. You can win that battle. There is a passage in Scripture that just lights my fire. It's in the Old Testament book of Zechariah, Zechariah chapter 4. Let me set the background for this. The children of Israel, the, the nation of Israel, and he brought Babylon into the land of Israel, and they just kind of rolled over and decimated the land of the Jews. I mean, they destroyed the temple, the wall around the city, the homes, the villages, everything. It was all decimated. It was left in a heap of rubble. The Babylonian armies did that, then they took back a million and a half people, 1.5 million people. They marched back to Babylon. That must have been quite a sight, marching all those people back to Babylon. 
They live in Babylon as aliens, captives, you might say. They had freedoms for 70 years. Now, after 70 years, along comes Persia and their king Cyrus, and they conquer the Babylonians. And Cyrus, the king, says to these Jews who had lived there for 70 years, and some of them died, obviously. And he said, okay, you guys can go home now. You Jews can go home. You're free. Go back to your homeland. Rebuild your homeland. And the Jews are jumping up and down and hooping and hollering. No, they're not. They're not. Most of them said, we like this pagan culture. We've assimilated to this pagan culture, you know. So what's changed today? But 46,000. Here's the deal. 46,000 out of a million and a half. They went back to their homeland. Yes, through this small remnant of Jews, 46,000, that God would bring about his redemptive history. Through them, that remnant, his son would come into the world. He, Jesus, would defeat the devil and all his minions. He would bring victory for every believer in Christ over the power of sin, over death, over devils, and over hell itself. And so this small remnant arrives back in the land. And they see the land, the temple, the rubble. Folks, there are 70 years of weeds. Think about that. And the temple is a heap of rubble. I mean, that's what they see. Leveled 70 years earlier by Babylon, plus bandits and looters took anything of value in the destroyed homes. And now God says, get this. He says, rebuild it and start building. He said, he said rebuild the whole thing. I mean, there are a million and a half people there. And he says, you 46,000, you rebuild this thing. And maybe the people said, ha ha, that's funny, God. You're joking, aren't you? See, they're overwhelmed. And the civil leader is a guy named who's got to do this, who's got to make this happen. Well, God has to make it happen, but he does it through the civil leader. And the guy's name was Zerubbabel. And the prophet of God to encourage them and spur them on to do this great task was this guy, Zechariah. So you go to Matthew, turn left, you go to Zechariah, you look at Zechariah chapter 4, and this is verse 1. Then the angel who talked with me returned and wakened me. As a man is awakened from sleep, he said, what do you see? And he gave him a vision. God gave him a vision, and the angel was there to explain it. Gave the prophet Zechariah a vision. He said, I answered, I see a solid gold lampstand and a bowl on the top of that lampstand and seven lights on it with seven channels down to the lights. And there's two olive trees by it, one on the right and one on the left. Now, 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 now what did he just see? What did Zechariah just see? He saw this big bowl, right? And he saw an olive tree on the left and an olive tree on the right. And the olive trees fed this big bowl with oil. So there's oil in this big bowl. And seven ducts going down to seven different lamps, okay? And it's the oil flowing through those ducts into those lamps that keeps everything burning and alive, right? The olive trees to the bowl filters down to the lamps. Now, see, what you got to know is this, that olive oil or oil in the Old Testament is always a, a symbol, you might say, of God the Holy Spirit. That's God the whole, that bowl of oil fed by the olive trees, that's God the Holy Spirit feeding those lamps to keep them burning. See, that's what the word of God is saying there. So Zechariah says to the angel in verse four, he says, I asked the angel who talked with me, um, what are these, my Lord? And he answered me, don't you know what these are? No, Lord, I replied. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. And here it comes. I think these are some of the most important words in the whole Bible. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. 
I mean, get into this scene, folks. You got, you know, a million and a half Jews lived there. A million and a half Jews went into captivity. Only 46,000 came back. And, and, and some of those are young kids. They can't remove all that rubble. Some of them are elderly. They can't, they can't lift anything and do all that hard work, you know? And all they see is devastation. And God says, rebuild this place. Start with my house. Rebuild the temple. Get yourself a makeshift place to live in. And I want you guys to work on the temple after you clear away the weeds and the rubble and tell Zerubbabel, you will never do this in your own might, in your own power, but you will do it by my spirit. Folks, that's how we need to think. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says Lord. Would you take a few seconds right now and just repeat that to yourself and memorize that to you? That's our memory work today in your outline. Folks, I, I promise you that's going to bless you. If, you. if that's in your mind a lot, that's going to bless you. Next time you say, I can't, Zechariah 4.6, not by might, I can't win this battle, can't overcome this, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says Lord. See, that's what you do. You take these promises of God in his word and you talk them right back to God. You say, God, there it is, Zechariah 4.6. You know what you do? Take, take that Bible and say, there it is, God. Zechariah 4.6, and I know I can't do this myself. Father in heaven, give me Zechariah 4.6. You talk to God like that. See, most of us want to please God. We want to win our battles with the flesh. Now, now here's some battles you have with the flesh. I just listed seven or eight. For some of you, it's a short fuse of temper. And you say, oh, I can't beat this. It's who I am. And for some, and this is a big one, self-pity. For some, it's not facing reality. Seriously, and living in a fantasy world. Oh, this isn't really happening. For some, it's admitting I drink too much and I mess up the lives of the people I love. For some of us, it's, well, not me, this is not my, I know nothing about computers except, but, but for some of us, it's too much time on the computer, too much time on the internet, and, and even internet porn. For some of you folks, it's shopping and spending. Hey, there's a bunch of you folks for whom it's sleeping. You need to get up earlier. You need to get out of bed. I'm serious about that. Uh, for some of you, you don't have the discipline to get into God's word. For some of you, um, you, you want to rebuild a temple and a wasteland and achieve big goals. I mean, you've got to think, this can happen. It's how you think. God himself is my strength. God, all of God, the Holy Spirit lives in me. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Let me tell you something that is so counterculture. To, let's go to another thought here. This is so counterculture because I look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And a lot of you know this passage where Paul says, where God says to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Um, a lot of commentaries. Well, well, first of all, let me just read this to you. 2 Corinthians Chapter 12, Paul has this thorn in the flesh and he beseeches God to remove it, to keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations. 2 Corinthians 12, 7. There was given to me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me. And three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Now I've talked about that a lot, but here's a part I don't talk about much. This is good. Therefore, verse, verse 9 I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses 
Why? So that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why for Christ's sake, I delight. Get this. This is so counterculture. I delight in weakness. I delight in insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. Do you delight in that? Listen, for, for when I am weak, see that? That I am strong. Now, I read commentaries on this, and Paul said he had this thorn in the flesh, and it was a messenger, which is always a person of Satan. Probably wasn't a feel of physical ailment. It was probably a person who was making his life difficult. That's what his thorn in the flesh was. It was a messenger, a real live person from Satan. Greek word is angelos. Anybody have trouble dealing with a person in your life? God's grace is sufficient. And if it was an illness, and I don't think it was, if it was an illness... If it was physical, he was asking God for grace to deal with pain or being limited in some way without blaming God or feeling sorry for himself or feeling on the short end of life. Anybody dealing with that? I mean, here's what Paul says, man. This just this is something very special to me. My, in verse 9, second half of verse 9, therefore I will boast all the more God, I, all, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. Know what he's saying? I'm going to beat this thing, and it won't be me. It'll be the Spirit's power, Christ's power, which is the Holy Spirit working inside of me and through me. And when the dust settles, Paul says, I will boast in the Lord. When the dust settles, I can boast in the Lord. Isn't that great stuff? Folks, I pray you get this. This changes your life. When we understand our weakness, that is, that's our strength. And we will boast in the Lord our God. I'll tell you what, when you get one victory by the Spirit's power over your flesh, the whole deal is going to snowball, and you're going to say, I can take on this, I can take on this, I can take on this, and I can take on this, and you are going to boast in the Lord. Here's the process. We've got to know the process. Here's how the Holy Spirit wages war on you against your flesh. There's two ways, prayer and the Word of God. Now, I'm going to say something that's so important right now. I hope you guys get this. This is really important. Prayer and the word of God. That's how are you going to wage this war against the flesh and win it? There's two means, prayer and the word of God. Prayer and the word of God. And I'll come right out and say it, man. If you're too busy to take time for prayer and the word of God, you're living a defeated life. You are absolutely living a defeated life. So I'll say that up front, okay? Here's what you got to do. You got to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal your sins. You need to pray, Father, by your Holy Spirit, show me where I need to change, reveal my sins. You need to pray that, and you need to pray that daily, daily, daily. Listen, Satan is so subtle. He's going to eat away at you slowly but surely in areas of your life that you don't even know you have a problem. Let me say that again. Satan is very subtle. He will eat away at you in areas of your life you don't even know I had a problem. See, what do you say? I say stuff like this. I, I, I see the obvious things. You say, yeah, I lie. That's the truth. I lose my temper. I have lustful thoughts, all that stuff. You guys say that. You ladies say that. And these are sins we have to deal with. They're not minor sins, but sometimes there's areas in your life where Satan's getting you and you can't even see him. You don't even know it, man. He's dragging you down. He's making you weak and ineffective. And we don't see these areas in ourselves. And we need to ask the Holy Spirit Every single day, reveal my sins. Now, I do, I do that. And just lately, I've seen four areas in my life that are not, you know, not those obvious sins, but just areas where Satan's working on me and wants to drag me down. Now, let me tell you something. 
The Spirit will reveal these in different ways. I've got these four areas in my life, and I'm not going to confess them all, but one of them I will confess. You have made an idol of your time. Time is your big idol. You are always in a rush. You don't commit things to me. You don't say to me, Lord, help me to use my time wisely. You say, you got four minutes, you got six minutes, and you're always in a rush. I didn't see that. You know, I I think about all the other obvious sins where I'm selfish and all that. I didn't see that. You got to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal those sins, and He will. He will get to deeper areas of your life that He needs to work on. And you got to do that by prayer. And then you got to dig in. You got to say to the Father in heaven, you got to say, Father, now listen, you've revealed that sin to me. Now, by your Holy Spirit, not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord, help me to dig in and fight this deal. And the second thing is, next you get into the Word of God every single day. You got to pray for that discipline because if you're not, you're, if you're again, if you're not into the Word of God, you're, nothing in your life is ever going to change. If you're too busy to read and study and digest God's Word and apply it to your life, then you frankly don't want to change. So don't tell me I'm fighting this sin and I want to change and I want to do this and I want to do that. You know, I, oh man, I'm really working on this. If you're not into God's Word, you're not working on it. You don't care. You don't want to fight it. You're giving up. You're saying, I choose to lose this war because the power is in the word of God. And the Holy Spirit is the power in the word. Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the what? The power of God unto salvation, right? How about Acts chapter 2? Here's Simon Peter. He's preaching to 5,000 people. They're all hostile to the gospel. They're all hostile to Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 2. And Peter, at the threat of his life, gets up there and he preaches. The power of the word of God. And what happens? How many people came to faith? 3,000. The word has power. And when you look at the Bible and read it and digest it, you know what happens? The Holy Spirit builds principles in you. You're not always going to remember every chapter and verse, but you're going to face a sin situation. And the Spirit of God will bring those principles right to the forefront of your mind, man. There is power in that word. In this war of spirit versus flesh, that is the process. God, reveal my sins. And if you know what your sins are, Lord, I can't do this on my own, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And then you get into that word of God, and the Lord takes all these principles. And when you confront that sin, he brings it right to the forefront of your mind, and you take that word of God, and you stand against that sin. And little by little, piece by piece, you begin to conquer that sucker. I'll tell you, you got to do that. I look at some churches, lots of church bodies, in their doctrinal statements called prayer and the word of God, the means of grace. I learned that in the Lutheran church. Prayer and the word of God are the means of grace. These are the means of God's empowerment to change your life. Luke 11, verse 24, listen. When an evil spirit comes out of a man, it goes through arid places, seeking rest and does not find it. So this evil spirit leaves a man, goes out in arid places. Then he says, I'm going to return to the house I left, or that person, that body. And when it comes back, it finds the house swept clean, put in order. And then it goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And they go and live there. And the final condition of that man is worse than the first man. Well, he's talking to men and women there. It's a parable of a man or woman who's fighting a real problem in their life. And that problem is probably from devils, evil spirits trying to destroy their lives. And this person looks within. He says, okay, I got this bad thing going on in my life. And he draws on his own inner strength. Doesn't use the word of God, doesn't use prayer, draws on his own inner strength. 
And he conquers this baby, I'll tell you. He conquers it. His house is swept clean. That's what Jesus said. That's how he put it. But now there's a vacuum inside of him. This man or woman is not a believer in Jesus Christ. He or she doesn't acknowledge their own weakness. They beat this thing on their own. So the demon comes back, finds a house clean, invites seven more demons. Come on, fellas, let's occupy this clean house. And Jesus said that person has just multiplied his problem by seven. Now that problem is seven times worse. Why? Please know this. When you conquer a sin, something that's destroying you, something you can't handle, or maybe even achieving a possible goal like rebuilding that temple like the Jews did, and you look inside to your own inner strength, and you use every human resource available, and you beat this thing, man. You beat this baby, I'll tell you. When the next thing that tests you comes along, who are you going to trust? Yourself, because you did it once, right? And the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing, and and pretty soon you're going to be saying, there is nothing I can't handle in my own strength, right? What are you doing? You're digging your pit, Jesus says, seven times deeper because you're learning to trust your strength and your flesh and you have just lost the battle with the flesh. You've just lost it. And if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, man, you're placing yourself in serious jeopardy because if you can handle any circumstance in life by looking within, why would you ever trust Jesus Christ for salvation? If you can handle everything, I mean, why would you say I ever need him for salvation? I mean, why would you ever say there's no good thing in me to merit eternal life? Jesus Christ did that all for me and I trust in him completely. Why would you ever say that? So if your victories are in your own strength, you've compounded your problems seven times over in where you spend eternity, heaven or hell, is really at risk. Think About It is sponsored by Real Life Christian Church. Real Life Christian Church meets in Endeavor Middle School, 22505 26 Mile Road just west of North Avenue in Ray, Michigan. Sunday service starts at 10 a.m. Visit us on the web at rlcc.us. Never miss a single message from Pastor Rasper. Just go to faithtalk1500.com and download the Real Life Podcast. And until next week, may God's Word do a work in you. Real Life Christian Church. Get real.